This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you troubled by stale podcasts in the middle of the night? Do you love films that feature the busting of spooks, specters, or ghosts? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Ghostbusters Resurrection is an RPG audio drama combining tabletop gaming and cinematic paranormal elimination adventures. Call the professionals at nerdyshow.com slash ghostbusters. We are ready to believe you. Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. It contains content that might not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Do you hear that? In the cruel blackness of night, an unknowable evil from beyond time cries out. What dark deeds unfold on the streets of Arkham, and which unwitting souls, innocent or impure, will succumb to the maddening call, the call of Cthulhu. Nerdy Show and Reginald Bosworth's oral fixative bring you part two of the Call of Cthulhu mystery program. Tonight's strange story, X marks the spot. Suffering from maladies of the ear, tinnitus, excess earwax, dry ear, or mysterious nighttime whispers, Reginald Bosworth's oral fixative is for you. Free yourself from the most persistent auditory afflictions. Never again be mistaken for a raving madman when simply speaking loud enough to hear your own voice. Just one drop, then you'll hear a pop. Use daily or as often as needed. It's also a fantastic nasal decongestant. Reginald Bosworth's oral fixative. Available at fine pharmacies across the country. Estelle Thorpe, a wealthy seeker of occult secrets, has unearthed a mystery and assembled an unlikely crew of curiosity-bound compatriots to solve it. The quandary is the car compartment contents belonging to a Mr. Charles Pell, an auction win of unusual items, including an account of a missing boy in the town of Essex, and a map pointing to the woods in the west. While Miss Thorpe follows a lead to Miskatonic University, her assistant Anjana escorts war-worn mountain man turned celebrated author Moses Covenfield and self-styled hobo king Oswald Sinclair to the place where X marks the spot. It's a peaceful drive out to the countryside, and you don't have much trouble at all finding the relative area where Pell's map was pointing to. It's hand-drawn, but seems quite accurate. He might have traced it from a road map. You turn down Lindbergh Street. 
It's a quiet and unremarkable stretch of road through a wooded area. That ought to be it right there. Mind pulling over, Anna? These woods don't even look a might bit trepidatious, Miss Anna, but I think it might be best if you stayed in the car. Keep your eyes peeled. If anything seems off, I'll sound the horn. At a girl. We'll come running. I don't know what we're likely to find, but maybe something enough to do with this McLennan person or, or Gek, whatever that is. We can take whatever we find to the police and maybe they'll look back into those missing kids. So I guess we'll head into the woods. I'll lead the way. Both of you make a power check. 36 out of 80. 68 out of 70. Okay, so you guys both make it? Okay. As you wander around, you guys think you're pretty close to where the X is. You guys just have a weird feeling. Everything looks fine, but it doesn't feel fine. Mm. We'll be aware of how much of that is just our own perception of what may have happened here. No way to tell. Do you guys have any particular skills you're going to apply to this? Are you guys just going to try to spot hidden? you guys going to use your tracking skills? I want to just get a general uh, feel of this area. I mean, it's natural world. See if anything seems out of sorts. Yeah, go for it. 27 out of 50. You're looking around. You don't really hear any bird calls. Mm, it's kind of quiet. And something else you notice, you don't know where they're coming from, but you see a lot of flies around, buzzing around in the air, a couple of them are congregating in little batches around trees and things like that. Mm. It's nothing really weird, but there doesn't seem to be anything that would be causing these flies to be where they are. Interesting. Okay, and is there any sign of uh, recent human activity in this area? Not really, no. Not from what you can see with that. I mean, if you want to roll spot hidden or track or something else that you think might be relevant. What do you think, Sinclair? Well, you know, Moses, I, I really would like to make a really good listen because, you know, I've slept outside a lot and it's very, very quiet. It's almost like it's daytime, but it's like nighttime. I'd like to really get an idea of my surroundings. Taking a good listen is helping me at the moment, considering I've noticed a change in your accent. Oh, right, that. Um, well, we're not around any ladies right now, and I generally like to keep that accent for my charms. You know, it works every time. Oh, well, far be it for me. It's a two out of uh, 55. 98 against 40. I'll go blind. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you kind of turn around, and there's just this wave of flies that hit you in the face, and it's, it's extremely unpleasant. Bush, wow, pissing shit. Man, a lot. Get that. Get, it's my goddamn scar. What is going on with you? The flies, I can't. Oh, you see anything? You see some flies that are buzzing around his head, but outside of that, you don't see anything, but in a moment after he kind of stops his complaining and griping, you hear behind you a sound of like wooden creaking. You turn around and there's nothing that looks like that, but whatever it was, it was right nearby. I am very uncomfortable with our surroundings right now, Moses. Oh, did you get a bunch of flies in the face? I, I'm, I'm afraid I couldn't see. Flies are more attracted to uh, honey than vinegar. You know, the thing is that there's a an odd, like a like a creaking sound, like not unlike a, maybe the bed springs of a hotsy totsy. You sure you're all right there? Maybe we, you know we should take a look around separately. Maybe you feel more comfortable away from the flies, but I'm gonna go towards the sound I hear, and then we'll meet back in the middle in a second. Okay. I'm gonna spot hit. 66 against 30, that's a new dice. Okay, are you going in the direction that you kind of heard something behind you? Definitely. Make a luck roll. 68 against 75. Okay. You're looking around, you don't see anything, you just see grass, everything looks normal. And then as you're stepping along, make a dex roll. That's a 12 against 60. The grass 
creaks and breaks, and you find yourself stumbling into the ground. You manage to kind of catch yourself on the edge of it. Applesauce! Kind of half hanging into this small hole. Now that you're in it, there's like a an entire like wooden floor here. Make a, I don't know, anything. <laughs> Education, <laughs> in, intelligence. That's, that's a 19 against a 80. You're propped up on the edge of this thing, like kind of like half dangling into this hole, and it's like you're on the side of a ship, like buried in the ground. Holy shit. Uh, Moses. Moses, if you don't mind, um, I, I, I've fallen uh, in, into some sort of ship. So he's I, like, I hear him. Yeah, yeah. He, he's about maybe 20 paces away. It looks like he's fallen into a rabbit hole. There's just like this grassy area, and he's just in the middle of it, just the top of his chest sticking out. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. Would you find some kind of snake pit? What, what's happening here? Uh, definitely some kind of pit. I would say on a scale of 1 to 100, this is a 99 pit. Get out of there. Quit screwing around. I want to hoist him out. 45 against 38. You're having trouble pulling him up, but you caught yourself. I'm pretty strong and also pretty big. I think I could help okay. him help me. Yeah. Between the two of you, you get yourselves up. And Oswald, you don't see the wood anymore. You're standing up, looking down. Just a little kind of hole in the dirt. Well, you're going to maybe or maybe not believe this. Uh, that is not the same hole I just fell into. Well, I just pulled you out of it, so... Did you find anything other than your own book on a hole? Yes. Okay. Did you? A big giant hole. It was like a like a like a ship, like a like made of wood. That that was the creaking you, I heard. You saw some wood down in the hole. Yeah. I, I mean that's, I that's so. well. Yeah. You were holding on to like a moss covered side of a wooden ship. So, so I'm starting to think if he says wood, I'm thinking this might be a small man made hole. We might be dealing with whatever he buried. Maybe a box, maybe something wooden. Is the hole deep enough for me to just look down? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just standing there, you look down the hole, and it just looks like dirt. You get a little closer, because you're, you know, you're actually spending mm-hmm. some time inspecting it. You get real close to it, and then, what? It's not dirt at all. There's something down there. It's dark. You see some, looks like almost a phosphorescent glow, like a light greenish glow down in there, and you're not standing on grass. You're standing on wood, and it's mossy. You don't know how you missed this before. Uh, Sinclair... <laughs> I do apologize. It's, it's accepted. No apologies needed. From the top, if I pull my head out, is it just like a <clears throat> hole in the dirt? You're looking at grass again. You get down on your hands and knees right in front of it, and then it's like the curvature of the side of a boat. This is a hole like broken where the wood is weakened, and you can fall down inside of it. I want to use a navigate okay. to see if this is the X precisely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you think this is pretty much dead on. I don't think we're the only ones to see this, so... The good news is we ain't crazy yet. Oh, not yet. When I look down into the hole, I'm trying to figure out the scale of whatever that is that, that I saw underneath. Because what I saw was almost cavernous, like a, like a ship. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to get an idea of how far this thing can go. Looking into it, it's pretty dark. Do you have anything to kind of shine down there? Just my natural hobo night vision. Okay. Make a spot hidden. 22 against 30. The trees, you know, they kind of filter the light coming down here. And then, and then down in there, it's really dark and damp. There's that faint green glow to the place, but it's kind of hard to really get any good details other than the fuzziest basics of the shape of down there. But you can see, not too far down, there's a floor. I mean, it doesn't look like it's necessarily built into the boat itself. It looks like, you know, maybe somebody did some remodeling in this boat. Is there a way to exit this if we were to drop down or do we need, we need some equipment? In this spot, 
no. Oswald stares at it a little more closely. He kind of gets down on his hands and knees. He's looking into it, and he sees an area off to the side where it looks like there actually is a, a rough hatch that's been cut into the boat. I'm just going for it. Just I mean, it's close enough to jump down if you're prepared. Like, but I can't it. fly up. That's my issue. You know, I've been in a lot of sticky situations. I'm going down there, and if I can't get my way out, you can pull me back up with your mighty, mighty mountain man hands. Well, I was going to say, should we retire from this point? We found it easily enough. We can come back with a rope. While he's explaining this... Jump down? I'm, I'm going down there. Okay. Applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I do have climb. Okay, excellent. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of hang halfway and then, yeah. and then drop. I'm not going to just take yeah. it straight up, right? I'm going to use the reverse of climb. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Climb. Yeah, you're fine with it. I mean, it's okay. not any kind of really hard climb or anything sure, like sure. that. So you clamber down, and it's not that far down. Like, you could probably, with a good jump, grab onto that again. Or even, like, if you move something underneath, you would, it would give you enough room to reach up and pull yourself up again. Oh, you condemn me to hell again. I'm just going to climb down as well okay. after I succeed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you, you make it look easy as you jump down. All right. Now that you guys are down here, without the light of the sun and everything up, it's a little easier to see what's going on down here. It's still dark, but the phosphorescence, there's actually looks like kind of like patches of glowing moss on the walls. They light the place up a little bit better. And you guys can see about 20 feet from where you are, a ladder has kind of been propped up against a brace and leads up to a hatch which is definitely the hatch he saw as he was looking around before he jumped in. I think before we explore the rest of this place, let's make sure we can get out that way. Yeah, that seems like a clean idea. Yeah, you climb the ladder, come up against the hatch, and the hatch looks like it has a little kind of swinging bar to lock it in place. You slide it aside, and the hatch creaks and opens up. You see trees above you, the forest. If we stick our head around, it's it's the same forest. We're yeah. roughly the same distance from Yeah, yeah. No crazy space-time issues here. There was a hatch this whole time. Within the ship, it kind of looks like a lot of it has been filled in by dirt and muck. And do either of you guys have any kind of history knowledge or carpentry or anything relevant? Yes, history. <sighs> 52 against 50. Okay. Well, I mean, you don't get any real good idea, but this is definitely an old ship looks like a sailing type ship you can't really get any good specifics on it but as you guys take this place in a little more like i said it's kind of cramped it's you know this the ship is bigger than the area that you're in a lot of it looks like it's kind of half collapsed but in here this definitely looks like some kind of primitive home you guys see a couple of piles of old clothes you see a few blankets scattered in one area but you think this might be one of your compatriots you know uh that's that's a very good question I'm going to give it a smell. I don't have any specific, right, like, smell-type things, right? But I'm trying to get a sense of, of how fresh the bedding is, and I feel like I would know that as a hobo myself, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. I'm going to say, since you're a hobo, you can make a, an idea roll for it, intelligence, or if you've got a more relevant skill. 32. Okay. There is a powerful reek to this bedding. It is definitely fresh. Someone may have died here. That is not a normal hobo stench. That is a dead, dead smell. And I know death. And it's fresh. And it is fresh. Well, I'm glad to have an expert with me. This gets weirder, though, because you guys are looking around, and you see there are, like, trinkets and things just lying around. Like, you pick up a pocket watch out of the dirt. Looks like a burnt-out torch in here. A hatchet, a couple of small trinkets that look like they might belong to people, like coins and things like that. And then sitting on a little wooden post is this pile of immaculately clean and ordered shoes. They're all stacked really neatly. How many pairs? Oh, a 
quite a few. I mean, it looks like about two dozen, maybe? Two dozen. Two dozen. That's a lot of shoes. See, we got ourselves an amateur cobbler here. Various sizes. Some look like men's shoes, some look like women's shoes. A lot of them look like they were in kind of bad shape. It almost looks like, I'm just going to give this to you, Oswald. Some of these definitely look like they are like hobo class shoes that somebody has lovingly cleaned. Some of them don't necessarily look that bad. Like, you guys see a couple of pairs of children's shoes. I look at my own shoes, and I look at those shoes, and I think to myself, well, I guess I'll say it out loud to Moses, where was this person every time I've stepped in dog crap? I feel like this person's responsible for the squishing of dog crap between a lot of unshod feet. If it's safe to take the hatchet, I'm probably going to hold on to that hatchet. Okay, you got a hatchet now? Mm -hmm. I have a hatchet. And the weirdness doesn't stop. Like, it's one of these things where you guys keep noticing things, and it keeps getting a little more distressing consistently than it was just a couple minutes ago. Is there a hatch down into the ship? There is another hatch that leans down. As you kind of come near it, you smell a powerful stench of rot. That is a powerful stench of rot. Indeed. But as you're walking over to that hatch, you're looking around in the area, and you just start picking up now that you've acclimated to the darkness. There's some signs of indentations and prints on the ground. They almost look like hooves, like cloven hooves. Can I make a roll for natural work? Yeah, yeah. Tricked my tracking here. I rolled 55 against 50 for both. There are like large three-toed footprints that almost look like there's some kind of big bird, but other ones that look like a cloven hoof, like somebody kept goats down here. They can't get out, they die, they rot, but not before cleaning some shoes. Was that what we're going with? I think it would be best if we just left it at there where giant goats that were cobblers and we get out of this, out of this ship, unless you want to go and see what's going on down uh, there. I do, but I don't have myself a lantern. What's the light situation? It's pretty dark in here. That unlit oh. torch. Oh, the unlit torch? I mean, it looks like you could probably light it up. Let me give it a shot. I'm a mountain man. I'm assuming I have a lot. Okay. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't do the work ahead of time. <laughs> you could probably find something to start a fire with. Well, this is specifically what the luck roll is for. Make a luck roll to see if you brought your lighter with you. Very well. Yeah, 63 against 70. Okay, so yeah, you got a lighter. You grab up one of the uh, discarded tatters of what looks like maybe was clothing at one point, wrap it around the torch, and, and light it up. Gets a little bit brighter in here. Both of you guys roll spot hit. Nope. Nope. Everything right now looks like kind of pretty much as you've seen it. It's lighting the place up. Like I said, it's not huge. So you're going to go to the, the, hatch. the second hatch oh, now? Yes. You go, you begin to lift that hatch up. Oswald, make another spot hit. I knew I would. Versus spot hidden and listen. You just roll once and let me know if you make either. Papa needs a new pair of shoes. Uh, 45, so uh, I don't make the spot hidden, but I do make the listen. Okay. You're kind of standing around as he's, he's trying to pull this hatch open because it's kind of stuck. The wood in here is pretty moist and it's swollen and it sticks. As he's pulling it open, you kind of off to the side hear some sounds of movement. Like something is trotting on the soil down here. Well, I certainly brandished my hatchet. <laughs> and uh, with my with my free hand, I'll, I'll grab Moses. You gonna finish propping this, pulling this thing open? As oh, he... no, I will stop. Okay, so... so we got all the time in the world to open this hatchet. <laughs> I'm guessing you kind of like turn him vaguely in the direction of the, the noise. Oh, well, not vaguely. I mean, I will snap to it. Okay, yeah. If I'm yeah. able to with that roll. Okay, make another roll, Mountain Man. Let's see what you got. Spot hidden and listen. And I just, got that. I got the torch. I'm going to give you the, a bonus die because you got the torch with you. you. Just roll an extra tens place and you take the better one. I succeed and listen, but not look. Okay, so just out of the range of the torch's light, there's definitely something moving there. I pull out my knife. I have a 
woodsman's knife, big uh-huh. bowie knife. Do not have my gun. So you guys are just standing there brandishing your weapons? I want to pat Sinclair, say move towards the ladder, because I definitely, if possible, want to, would rather be down here with my weapon. And I would be an idiot not to, not to take that direction. This is kind of off to the side of the ladder from where you guys are, but that sound off in the distance seems to make a step in the direction of the ladder. And then you hear a voice mm. say, Why are you down here? We was out for a spell, just looking around. Yeah. Definitely a spell. But I mean to cause no trouble. I'm going to fast talk and try to convince whoever's there that we're entirely there by accident. It's true. As far as it knows, we are not a threat. Make a psychology roll. To the 97, I see. Okay, so you're like, yeah, let's let's fast talk this guy. Go ahead. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> While he's making the decision, I'm, we're still moving back. Yeah, I have, a, I have a 56 out of 75. Hey, we completely fell down here. We haven't seen you yet. There's nothing here to, you know, worry about. We don't even mean to be here. I haven't even seen your face. So, you know, you can just hang out in your ship here and, and hang out. We're just going to go up these uh, this ladder here, and, and we're going to continue the rest of our day. I just keep it together, keep nodding along. And as he says that, a form comes out of the shadows. What you see is a, a large, lurching creature with a loping gait to him as he walks out of the shadows. He's got an uneven, horse-like face that's grinning with a mouthful of exposed teeth and a shining pair of deep-set eyes, his left eye much higher than his right. And as a poncho, he's wearing a tattered patchwork quilt that looks like it was once the loving work of a caring grandmother. His twisted legs are very irregular and definitely not human. His left leg ends in a gnarled cloven hoof, and his right leg is scaled and fur-modeled. It ends in muscular, taloned toes, like something on a nightmarish lizard or a raptor. Make sanity rolls. Well, well. Seven to three against 66. 68 against 70. Uh, you made it? Yeah. Okay. If you failed, it is a d6. If you make it, it's zero. So you're good for now. Uh, I'll lose one. Okay, you yelp and drop the torch. What's your guys' dexterity? A 60. 57. I think although he's a good fighter, and you said you, what kind of pace did you say it was? He's not really moving quickly, but he walks with this uneven, like lumbering lope. And clearly advancing on us did not take to the fast talk very well, from what we can see. You don't know, you're not really sure. He's just moved into sight. I have that chicken still, right? Whatever yes. I have under my hat, the bacon or the... Yes, you do. Well, I'm going to uh, toss it to Mr. Ed. Why the long face? You, you hungry? I'm going to throw him the uh, the chicken. Throw, but I'm going to give you a bonus dice. Because you're, you're, not, you're not trying to hurt somebody with it. You're just throwing a chicken in his direction. <laughs> 92. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you hurl it in his direction. In a flash, like, way faster than you would have thought he could move. He reaches out and snaps, catches it in his teeth. In another moment, with just a couple of bounds, he is on you. As he comes at you, are you gonna fight back or are you gonna try to dodge him? I'm gonna try to dodge. Okay, roll your dodge. 78. Okay, he leaps up to you and in one hand grabs that hatchet that you have and smashes it back into your face for six points of damage splitting the skin of your face open and blood is running everywhere. Looks like he's trying to throw you to the ground, but you're a pretty hefty guy and and he's not quite able to. So I'm at 11 hit points now. Okay, well, that's intense. Moses, what you up to? So is he bent over in a way? Well, he's kind of like lurching forward. I mean, size-wise, this thing is basically man-sized. Like you guys, I think, what's your size? 60. 
Okay, yeah, like he's he's a little bit bigger than you, but not by much. Okay. I go, hey, Gek, calm down. And then if it gives him any pause, I'm going to shoulder into him and try to knock him over. Okay. Well, you call out his name because that seems to be what it is. Because he, he actually, still holding onto the hatchet, looks at you and says, what? And then you hit him. Oh, yeah. Just not, I mean, okay. slam into him. 78 against 70. You try to wail on him. And this is just fair play. I mean, he always being my boy. Yeah. As you do, he lets go of the hatchet and just brings a clawed hand just right across your face and tears a big rip across your neck, doing six points of damage. Okay. I'm at uh, five hit points. Is it a whole nother action to reclaim that hatchet? Is it that far? No, no, no. You, he didn't take it from you. So I still have it? Yeah. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the hatchet, and uh, I'm going to jump onto its back, and I'm just going to start to go at its shoulders with the hatchet. Okay, go for it. All, all right. Here we go. 61. Okay. Uh, my, you want my strength or you want dexterity? Brawl. Brawl. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Fighting. You hit him. You drop the axe into him. The hatchet is D6 plus 1 plus D4. A 4? Mm-hmm. A 4. So 8. You do 9 damage to him. Okay, so you leap onto this thing's back, and bury your hatchet in its neck. He howls. I will eat you. And it's his turn. He flails madly, trying to throw you off him. He reaches behind you, unable to throw you off of him, and drags his clawed hands across your back for a point of damage. That does not sound comfortable. I'm hanging on like a like a feral cat. Yeah, so now, Moses, this creature has your associate dangling from his back, wielding a uh, hatchet like a madman as the monster slashes him with its own clawed hands. What are you up to? So they're both up mm-hmm. and flailing. Is the torch still lit nearby? Yeah, it's sitting on the ground not too far away. All right, I'm going to pick it up mm-hmm. and try to shove it in his face while I have my knife hand ready for his reaction. I'm going to try to distract him with the torch by putting it near his face and drive the knife into his gullet. Go for uh, your brawl skill. 30 against 70. That's half your skill? 35 is half, so 30. Okay, so as you bring the torch to bear on him, you hold it up in front of him and flash it in front of his eyes. He, he kind of tries to shield his eyes with one hand as you drive your knife into him. Now shove this Bowie knife right in him. Right in him. Mmm, deep in him. Get it deep. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to him while you do that. All right, all right. I'm gonna hold on to him. You get deep in him. Might even just let go. Of him. I'll hold on. <laughs> I'll hold on to him from the back, and you get deep in him from yeah. the front. We're gonna DP this man, this horse man. Seven. Okay, seven damage. You plunge this Bowie knife of yours straight into this thing's skull, and it embeds in there pretty thickly. And, and he lets out a hideous squeal, and begins bleeding from his mouth. And, and, and Oswald, by the way, jumps back because the knife just almost struck him as it went through the skull. Oh, that was a powerful thrust. What? As Oswald hops off of him, the creature kind of drops to its knees and then just anticlimactically, motionlessly, just flops over on its side. Oswald, you okay? I, I, don't, I don't know what okay is anymore. I mean, you, you, you good to get out? We gotta get out of here? Oh, uh, I'm definitely good to get out of here. Let's get out of here. I need to get to the. I need to get some attention. I have a first aid. I want to make sure I'm not gonna die, because I don't have a lot of feeling on the side where he scratched me because of my my injury from previous. And I am bleeding profusely. Yeah, I'm gonna do first aid on the both of us so we can make sure we can climb out of here. 
Okay. Okay. You guys gonna do it in this uh, reeking? No, I want to climb out first. <laughs> it's a very sterile environment. Into the sunlight. Okay. So you guys clamber up onto the surface and uh, proceed to patch each other up in the sunlight in the field. Do I roll first aid? Yeah. Go ahead and roll a first aid. Uh, Sixty against seventy. I run up into view, having just heard their voices. Oh, there you are! I run to them quickly, now seeing something is wrong. I I waited, but you were gone so long. <gasps> bully, bully! Glad to see you, Anna. Dear Lord, what happened to you? It's take take too long to explain. We got to get to get to the hospital. I took a hatchet in the face. <laughs> uh, I I have first aid. We just don't need the first aid. We need all the aids. Just by looking at it, can I see if this is something I can take care of, or if we definitely need to go to the hospital right now? This is pretty bad, but from the look of it, Moses was gonna patch everybody up. Like, as soon as he climbs out, he's already got some bandages or things he's mm. pulling from a coat. Well, I think it's time we'll go to the police. Uh, are you sure you don't want to see a doctor? Yeah, I think I think we should, but I'm, I'm not going to die here on the spot. I, I don't trust the doctors. Why? Why are you talking differently? Wait, what am I saying? You've been concussed, clearly. <laughs> the, 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 hat, the hatchet. Don't mind my compatriot. All right, well, whoever needs help, I'll help them back to the car. So we get into the car, and I'm, uh, I'm wrapping bandages around Oswald's face. And I am speeding into town. What in the seven circles of hell was that thing down there? Down where? Where did you go? Out of some kind of boat. It's underground. I know that sounds batshit, but there was a monster down there, a horse, goat, man, I mean, that was Gek, right? That thing was Gek? Well, well, well he definitely uh, definitely answered to Gek. We need to find out who McLeanard is. You know, it's a little late to ask him. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it is too late. Thank goodness. Anna, Anymore. Anna, do you believe, you believe us, right? My eyes are on the road, and I'm driving as fast as I can. I don't look back, but I say, can there be some kind of doubt about that? I mean, you've got claw marks on your face, and that's the least of it. I'll tell you what right now, we we can't go to the police with this. Yeah, I suspect you're right. They'll put us in the sanitarium. One thing's sure, we need to figure out who McCulloch is and how he was going to deal with Gek, because that was, uh, dealing with him was not simple. Do you mean McLeanard? Moses, are you all right? Uh, I'm not... Right, sure, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I will be fine. I could use a drink. Did you make a bargain with him? A bargain? Yes. In the in the journal, it said specifically, no bargains. It was written very big, and there were several exclamation points. I threw him a chicken, but he didn't take it, so no bargain. We didn't promise him anything. Well, actually, we did. Did he say anything? He said, what? Okay... You did say what? Yeah. You called him Gek. I said like, Gek. Hey. It was, it was more like a, like a Gek. 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 Yes, I said Gek. And then he hit me. And then he hit you. I don't think no contracts were established. I'm, I'm fairly certain. If you're dealing with some kind of being that may not be from this world, the last thing you want to do is strike up a bargain with it, even accidentally. But it sounds like you're fine, relatively speaking. McLeanard was supposed to deal with Gek. But what does deal mean? Kill him like we did? Or does that mean strike a deal with no bargains, like no discounts? I'd say check that off the list. Dealt with. Done. Were there any mummies? What? Oh, no, n- nothing of that sort. I guess wherever Pale thought he was going to acquire that source, it ain't down there. I mean, Oswald looks a bit like a mummy the way I got his face all bandaged up. 
keep his skin from flopping around. I, I'm not about to tempt a stitch in the back seat of a car. It seems like he'll be okay, though. Both of us. It ain't good, but it could have been a lot worse. Is there a, a, a museum of uh, any sort of museum or anything like that in the in Essex? No, I mean, Essex is a pretty small fishing town. It's been here for centuries. It's fairly well-to-do. There's lots of red herring. Yeah, that's actually their primary uh, export. You know, I think the Hobo Network actually might save us some time. McLennan has made it to this area. Maybe he's from this area. And where would I go to find a hobo? I will tell you right now. (laughs) Is it it Hobo Network time? Okay. I want you to keep driving around. I will point you in directions until we find my trusty Hobo Network. Okay, go ahead and make whatever kind of relevant role you want. (laughs) Persuade, charm, whatever. I guess you're trying to find something about McLeonard in the hobo grapevine? In the hobo grapevine. That would be an eight. So this is a pretty hard one, but you bring the uh, team to a small hobo jungle on the Aylesbury Pike, which is west of Arkham. And of course, I'm well received. Yeah, yeah. You're, um, you're King Hobo. Yeah, so with it, I mean, they're, they're plenty happy to, uh, to help you out. And after uh, passing off a few nickels to people, uh, one of the hobos says, Well, a while back... There was this really strange fellow. I think he said his name was McLeonard's Brain. He was a little bit unhinged, not real popular. Last I saw him fishing in the Miskatonic uh, uh, by, by one of the storm drains. So I think we need to check out that storm drain. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Mrs. Stale say something about somebody's brain? Right, and I'm going to, uh, I I assume I do know some storm drain sewers, things like that, from from being a hobo. Yes, but it's getting dark. I mean, you want to go in the sewer at night? Well, that's the best time to go in the sewer, to be honest with you. There's less people uh, flushing toilets. Okay. Where I'm from, they don't have toilets, so your information is invaluable. Of course. But Oswald, the state we're in, we catch an infection just looking at a drainage pipe. I admire your courage, but we gotta get fixed up. We should most definitely check in with Miss Thorpe. If their day is anything like ours, who knows what they find. That's the sanest thing you've said all afternoon. Looking to get out of the ads and back to the story? Fable and Folly Plus is a new way to support the creators you love. The podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as $4 a month by visiting fableandfolly.com plus. And now, the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is offering bonus content to Fable and Folly Plus supporters, including character creation and how-to-play episodes, plus cast and crew outtakes, all still entirely ad-free. Fable and Folly Plus. Sign up today at fableandfolly.com slash plus. I know we're all about giving into madness on this program, but that doesn't mean you have to be reckless. So be sure to subscribe to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Acast. We lurk in every podcast player known to humankind. I don't think it's too early to tell you that Series 3 of this program has already entered pre-production. But if we're going to bring it to life, we need your help. This is quite the expensive show to produce. Maybe I'll tell you how much someday. The uh, 
meter is still running, so to speak. To ensure we're able to continue our efforts in actual play audio drama excellence, please consider becoming a patron of our dark arts at patreon.com slash nerdyshow. There you'll find copious bonus content, including concept art, outtakes, and demos from our first series. Even a dollar a month makes a difference and grants you access to early release episodes. And now, some music to settle your bones. This is a special favorite of mine, a funerary song for any ruination. Sobering yet soothing in a swampy bath of New Orleans jazz. Though this particular number comes by way of Jacksonville, Florida native Astronautilus. He's on tour right now with P.O.S. as Four Fists, an F. Scott Fitzgerald referencing rap project whose debut record 6666 was recently released to great acclaim. However, this track I'm playing you tonight comes from Astronautilus' prior solo work. In fact, it's the title track. This is Cut the Body Loose. I'll just wait for you to bring my knees bleed from praying you wake from your sleep can't hear what I'm saying no matter how I scream we know the world is wasted on me we know the world is wasted on me The city's still just a nightmare, too quiet to handle. I drove through the night to get there, in spite of the damage. Had to come down a fire trail just to make our way home. Ain't no street signs up on any of them roads. Ain't no streets left to put them signs back on.
bleed from praying You wake from your sleep You can hear what I'm saying No matter how I scream We know the world Is wasted on me We know the world Is wasted on me Thanks for listening to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And be sure to subscribe to our series via your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes. Episode 2, X Marks the Spot, was written and performed by Luke Stram, Cap Blackard, Nikki Holland, John Sebastian Laval, Bohr, and Joshua LaForge, with Melody Pereira as the voice of Anjana. This episode's advertisement for Reginald Bosworth's oral fixative was written in part by Decepticon Zombie via the Nerdy Show Network Discord. The series is edited and produced by Colin Peterson and Cap Blackard, and the original score is composed and performed by Ryan McQuinn and Mike McQuinn of Neon Dolphin, home for all your custom music needs and more, neondolphinmusic.com. For full episode credits and links to where you can purchase this series' original score, as well as character sheets and other supplemental material, visit CthulhuMystery.com. The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is proudly played using Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition, available at fine role-playing retailers everywhere. This program and all programs on the Nerdy Show Network are made possible by the support of listeners like you. With special thanks to our Patreon producers, Isabiz, Allison Parent, David Van Pelt, Evan Baumel, Hoodoo Voodoo, Jamieson Lalone, Dr. Talos, Joshua Westfall, R. Scott Diedrich, Sean T. Red, and Zombie Pops. Join us at patreon.com slash nerdyshow or head to nerdyshow.com slash support for additional ways to contribute. All characters appearing are fictitious and any resemblances to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This has been the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. Good night. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 17.9 cycles ago, us machines defeated the humans. Now, we're living the good life here in Droidston, Manitoba. Morning, Gif! Morning, Dust! But there's still the problem of human infestation. That's when it's time to call Human Be Gone. Human Be Gone! Experts in ethical human relocation. <laughs> this job has everything. Danger. Whoa! Sounds like we got some dingers in there. Excitement. Incoming. And drama. You're the one who leaked herself in my best rice bed. It's a dirty job, but some bots gotta do it. Oh. Human Be Gone. Coming soon wherever you get your podcasts.